Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello, podcast listeners. Hope you're having a bright and lovely day like I'm currently having. You know, Wall Street yesterday, huge, huge mess. Markets were completely just wiped out yesterday. And needless to say, it just wasn't a fun day in the market. But there's still news to report for today in particular, okay? Market always continues whether or not we like it or not. First thing we're going to be talking about today is how Twilio is to lay off about 11% of its workforce, okay? This is a trend that's been happening across the board recently, and so we got to be able to keep talking about what's happening in the markets currently right now when it comes to employment. Volvo starts a series production of heavy-duty electric trucks, targets 50% of sales by 2030. At the same time, Ford just announced outlines for EV investment structure for its dealers, and it chases Tesla-like profits in the making. Then we got some other news from Google. Google loses an appeal over EU antitrust ruling, but fine cut to $4.12 billion. And what that means for Google potentially going forward, okay? We've been talking a lot about Google in this podcast and things don't look so good for Google employees in the making. And finally, last thing we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about how the Biden administration prepares for a potential railroad worker strike and what that potentially means in the making for our economy here in the United States. But with that being said, like I always say at the beginning of each podcast, I am not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. Everything I talk about on this podcast is for information purposes only. You need to do your own research before making any investment decisions as you're not always guaranteed to make money in the stock market. This whole podcast is for information purposes and entertainment for those who wish to listen. And I am not a financial advisor in any way, shape, or form. And I can't legally give you any financial advice. This is for entertainment purposes only. With that being said, let's begin today's podcast. Twilio to lay off about 11% of its workforce. Okay, Twilio will lay off 11% of its workforce as part of a major restructuring plan, according to the SEC filing published Wednesday. Twilio added 7,867 employees. Correction, they had 7,867 employees as of December 31st of 2021. The cloud communication software builder has been striving for profitability in 2023 and has been resurrecting, um, correction, had, and the restructuring aims to improve operating margins, create a better selling capacity, and reduce operation costs. In a letter to employees, Twilio CEO Jeff Lawson said the company decided to lay off staff in order to run more efficiently and align the company's investment with its priorities. He said it, ha- it was a decision that was extremely difficult, but also wise and necessary. Twilio has grown to an astonishing rate over the past couple of years. It was too fast and without focus on our most important company priorities, Lawson said in the letter. I take responsibility for the decisions as well as the difficult decisions to do this layoff. Lawson said employees impacted that are in areas of the company that can operate more efficiently and where customers can succeed without as much human intervention. Tulio said it expects an incur between 7 million and 90 million in charges related to the restructuring plan. Shares of Twilio were up more than 5% on Wednesday morning. This trend has been happening across the board, guy, uh, fellow podcast listeners. I mean, we've, we've been talking about this a lot. I mean, Google's wanting to be more precise with its workforce as well. There's been past real estate companies we've spoken about who are laying off workers as well. 
I think some of the banks we've talked about in the past, but layoffs are happening. Okay. They are across the board and there probably will be more layoffs, which kind of gives me an idea that we're in that recession, whether or not the white house would like to admit it or not is a whole other story and whether the market would like to accept it currently. Well, I think the market has pretty much voted. I mean, like we talked about at the beginning of this podcast yesterday, the market wasn't fun to watch at all as a lot of the market was wiped out overall. But at the same same time, it just seems like people are not willing to face reality of what we're really in right now. And that's just the sad truth. And I'm expecting potentially a few more articles to read soon about layoffs in the making, and we'll keep reporting them as much as we can here. Under our next article, Volvo starts serious production of heavy-duty electric trucks, targets 50% sales by 2030. Volvo Trucks said Wednesday that production of three heavy-duty electric truck models uh, was now underway, and its president telling CNBC that the news represented a big movement for the firm. In a statement, Volvo Trucks said its electrified Volvo FM, Volvo FMX, and Volvo FH vehicles can run a weight totaling 44 metric tons. According to the company, the range for electric FM is up to 380 kilometers, or just two, just over 236 miles. Ranges for the FMX and FH are up to 320 kilometers, or 300 kilometers, respectively. The company said production was be- beginning at a facility in Gothenburg, Sweden. Next year, we'll see production commence at the site of Ghent, Belgium. Batteries will be supplied by Volvo Trucks plant in uh, Ghent, Volvo Trucks, which is part of the Volvo Group, said that now that had six electric truck models in series production globally. Speaking to CNBC on Wednesday morning, Volvo Trucks President Roger Elm was bullish at the company's prospects going forward. Quote, we have actually already sold 1,000 units of these heavy-duty electric trucks before the production start, he said. Uh, Elm went on to add that the business saw an increasing demand coming ahead of us as well. In remarks published at his firm's website, Elm said that by the year 2030... At least 50% of the trucks we sell globally should be electric. For trucks, as well as cars, adequate charging options will be important when it comes to dispelling concerns about ranging about range anxiety, a term you, which refers to the idea that electric vehicles aren't able to undertake long journeys without losing power and getting stranded. During his interview with CNBC, Volvo Trucks Alm was asked about charging infrastructure. Quote, of course, we need to build out the infrastructure of the charging network. That is important, he said. And last thing we'll read is about hydrogen hopes for this article. It says, earlier this year, Volvo Trucks said that had begun to test vehicles to use fuel cell powered by hydrogen, with the Swedish firm claiming their range could extend as much as 1,000 kilometers as a little over 621 miles. Wow, that is that is really, that's very interesting. I can go that far. Continuing on, in a statement, the company said, Refueling of the vehicle could take under 15 minutes. Customer uh, customer pilots are set to begin in the next few years with commercialization planned for the larger part of the decade. Volvo Truck focused on zero emission commission, uh, zero emissions technology puts in the com- competition with companies like Tesla and Daimler Truck, which are developing electric trucks. You know, it's getting really interesting in this whole air of going electric. I mean, we've we've talked about in past podcasts, and I'd listened to the podcast, of, I believe. We were talking about the electric vehicle makers in Detroit that day and what was happening. But I had briefly mentioned that, at least in California, they had pretty much were trying to ban electric vehicles. I mean, not electric vehicles, gas vehicles in California by 2035. And that was going to be all electric vehicles. It's going to be interesting to see how the whole structure has to be done in the end. I mean, the infrastructure in particular. Like, think about it this way. If you're driving a semi-truck from... Los Angeles to Las Vegas to deliver goods and services. 
it there right now, at least when you take the drive, last time I went down that I-15, I didn't really see a whole lot of charging stations for these trucks potentially at truck stops. Okay. There's gonna have to be a brand new infrastructure put in across the entire I-15 in particular. And that's not even counting though the infrastructure has to be put across the country for these trucking stops across the country on the roads. So this is going to be a huge, huge investment in the making for these companies to be able to put at this charging stations in. But I also wonder how much of a backlog it's going to cause for people when they make traveling plans, potentially. Does that mean when we have to plan in the future, we're going to have to like put in, okay, it's going to take us X amount of time to charge at this charging station. So we have to plan accordingly. It's going to get interesting to see. I mean, if you want electric, so be it, people. But it's just crazy how some of it's getting. But speaking of more electric cars, it says Ford outlines EV investment structure for, for its dealers as it chases Tesla-like profits. Reporting from Las Vegas, Nevada from CNBC, Ford Motor is, is asking its nearly 3,000 dealers to invest upward of $1 million in upgrades to sell all-electric vehicles as the automaker attempts to cut overhead costs and boost profits as its retailers begin aligning EV, uh, align EV leader Tesla. Ford is offering its dealers the option of becoming EV certified under one of two programs. With investment of half a million, or 500000 or $1.2 million, dealers in the higher tier, which carries upfront cost of 900000 will receive elite certification and will be allocated more EVs, executives said. Dealers have until October 31st to make a decision and until the end of the year to make the investment. If an effort to elevate Ford dealers as the company seeks to grow sales across its traditional commercial businesses as well as EV, Tesla and other electric vehicle startups sell directly to customers without franchise dealers. Quote, we're betting on the dealers. We're not going to go direct, but we need to specialize, CEO Jim Farley told reporters Tuesday after briefing dealers about the plan. The main message I have for dealers, which I've never said before because I didn't believe it was true, is that you could be the most valuable franchise in our industry. Ford plans to sell EVs have been on point of contention since the company split off its electric vehicle business earlier this year in a separate division known as Model E. Farley said the automaker and its dealers need to lower, to lower costs, increase profits, and deliver better, more consistent customer sales expenses. Ford's current line of all electric vehicles include the Ford F-150 Lightning Pickup, Mustang, Mach-E crossover, and the E-Transition van. The automaker is expected to release a uh, light, Lightning of other EV globals globally under a plan to invest $50 billion in the technologies by 2026. Farley wants Ford retailers to cut selling and distribution costs by 2000 per vehicle to be competitive with direct-to-consumer model. Yeah, this whole everything is going electric. I mean, so be it. That's just what the car companies want to do right now. And there's been a lot of news about it recently as well. And it's just it's just mind-boggling to see how, how fast these car companies are pushing this. Now, something I just thought about as I was reading this article just now, what's going to end up happening to the used car dealerships now in the making that have to sell used cars? Are they going to have to fix their areas too? I mean, I believe most car dealerships, at least used car dealerships, they're pretty much small businesses, right? Does that mean they're going to have to start changing their their lots too in order to meet the demand of electric vehicles being put into their area? The thought I didn't think about till now, but there's going to be a lot of EV charging stations potentially soon. You might even start, like I said, you might even start seeing them 
at these reseller places as well for car for reseller of cars. And what's going to be interesting is the ones who can't um, put in those charging stations, they might not be around much longer. I guess when the world moves forward, you got to move with it or else your business business is going to fail pretty much. But still interesting to be able to see what's happening in this whole electric area. Maybe one of these days we can be able to interview someone who understands this topic a little bit more, at least an engineer of some sorts, and see how the world's changing in the electric maker world. Going forward now in the tech industry, Google loses appeal over EU antitrust ruling, but fine costs cuts $4.12 billion. The European Union's general court on Wednesday upheld an antitrust ruling against Google's parent company, Alphabet, that reduced its fine to 4.125 billion euros or 4.12 billion from 4.34 billion euros. The dispute between Google and the EU courts is over whether it was it uses Android operating system to uh, quash competition and it was initi- initiated against the company in 2015. The court said it largely confirms the European Commission decision that Google imposed unlawful restrictions on manufacturers of Android mobile devices and and mobile network operators to uh, consolidate the dominant position of its search engines. In a statement provided by CNBC, Google said, quote, we are disappointed that the court did not annual the decision in full. Android was created more choice for everyone, not less, and supports thousands of successful businesses in Europe and around the world. The initial fine was issued by the European Commission in 2018 and was the largest ever for Google. It it said that around 80% of the Europeans use Android and that Google gave an unfair advantage to its apps such as Chrome and Search by forcing smartphone makers to pre-install them in a bundle with its App Store Play. Google contends that Apple Phone competes with Apple Phones, which uses the iOS operating system and that using Android still allows consumers a choice of phone maker mobile network operator and the opportunity to remove Google apps and install others. In Wednesday's judgment, the general court said that the new fine was appropriate in the view of its significance of the infringement. It highlights the Google business model. It based first the foremost on increasing that number of users of its online search services so that it could sell its online advertising services, whereas Apple focuses on the sale of higher end smart mobile devices. Google contends this allows it to keep the majority of its services free. The company can still appeal the ruling on the EU's highest court. Google has been fined the EU and other cases for 2.42 billion euros for favoring its own comparison shopping services on general results from its search pages and 1.49 billion euros for stopping website owners for that, including search results from its rivals. There's been, Google's been in the news a lot recently, whether it's their CEO talking about how they're going to have to cut down on making things more manageable, being more efficient as a company. Now this is happening. How much do you want to bet potentially Google stock is going to get hammered again next quarter? There's just too many negatives for the company right now. I mean, think about it. Apparently, small businesses are having a hard time hiring people. At least that's what the jobs reports sometimes says. Um, People are potentially hopping job to job still if possible. A lot of Google's ad revenue most likely comes from small businesses. Then you have this fine that they just had for Europe in the European markets, okay? I have a feeling now, potentially, and this isn't financial advice, this is just an observation, because as it is, as this mark, as this podcast is called, it's called the stock market observation, there's a high chance that Google is going to get hammered again next quarter. They're probably not going to be making money. Well, they are making money, just not enough that Wall Street's looking for. And I expect a lot of layoffs to start happening at Google. 
they they've got to somehow turn the ship around for Google and start having like not as negative news on them. Now, granted, Google did just release, if I'm not mistaken, that satellite program recently as well. And we talked about that in our last either podcast or two ago. But there are some pauses for Google. Maybe this is just a buying opportunity if you've been looking to get into Google for a while. Not financial advice, just things to think about. But at the end of the day, there's just been a lot of negative news over Google right now. So it just makes me wonder what's going to happen to a lot of these Google employees and what's going to happen to the Google stock in the making as well. Now, onto things that I potentially can see get hammered because of policies that are happening is the railroad companies, okay? Because of this. Biden administration prepares for a potential railroad strike, uh, correction, railroad worker strike, okay? From CNBC, the White House has been preparing contingency plans to keep key goods moving and transportation lines open if union railroad workers strike later this week. United White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said Tuesday, quote, we are working with other modes of transportations, including shippers, truckers, and air freights to see how they can step in and keep goods moving in case of the rail shutdown, Jean-Pierre said at the press briefing. The administration has also been working with relative agencies to assess the supply chain and commodities are most likely to face severe disruptions. President Joe Biden and several of cabinet secretaries, including those representing the Department of Labor, Agriculture, and Transportation, have been in talks for months with the unions and the companies to try to avert the strike. Jean-Pierre said, the administration, she added, has had hundreds of calls, meetings over the issue since the early spring. Quote, we have made crystal clear to be interested parties that harm the American families, businesses, farmers, and communities would experience if they were not to reach a resolution, Jean-Pierre said. Union railroad workers have threatened to strike if their demands over pay and working conditions aren't meant. Negotiations are hung up on the issue of unpaid sick time, including the ability to take time off work, work for routine doctor's appointments. More than 700 union workers quit after BNSF Railway, a whole owned subsidiary of Berkshire Hathaway, instituted a point basis attendance system in February. Railroad companies say workers have already generously leave policies, but labor leaders argue that workers have trouble taking days off because they are not on a set schedule. Eight of the 12 unions reached a tentative agreements with the rail carriers as of Tuesday morning, according to the National Carriers Conference Committee up from five weeks ago. But two of the largest unions, the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers, and trainmen and the Smart Transportation Division, which combined represents half of railroad union workers, are still negotiating. That leaves about 60,000 workers ready to strike if a deal doesn't happen by Friday. Quote, we're encouraged folks to sit to stick at the negotiation table to come up with a resolution. This is important because of what this could mean to the American people, what this could mean to the American families, Jean-Pierre said. About 40% of the nation's long-distance trade is moved by rail if union strikes. More than 7,000 trains would be idle, costing an estimate $2 billion per day. We kind of talked about it the other day, about the rails. Now it seems like it's going to be happening. It might be, okay? And what does this potentially mean for rail stocks? Well, in my honest opinion, I think rail stocks could get hammered. They could, if the strike does happen, okay? At the same time, the supply chain is going to potentially get a lot worse. Okay. Potentially. Okay. And that's going to be a giant, giant mess if that happens. I mean, maybe it's a good thing that we're going to start realizing the importance of a trucker more or the importance of a railroad worker, people who actually provide a lot to the economy. They're kind of the 
the lifeblood and the veins of the U.S. economy, the rails, the trucks. They, do, they, they, they help deliver the goods and services. You never want to mess with these people. So it's going to be interesting to see how this is all handled when it's all said and done. And this could potentially get really, really messy in the end. And if that does happen, there could be more shortages coming. And potentially there could be price increases at the pump for gas. There could be potentially price increases for food across the entire economy. There could be price increases across the entire thing. Hopefully this gets resolved, but I personally don't see it happening. Hopefully we could report on Friday saying that it was resolved, but it's hard to say right now. Keep an eye out, guys, fellow podcast listeners, because things are going to get really interesting if this does happen. But like I said, potentially, if let's just say that this does happen, I could see rail stocks. Maybe not Berkshire Hathaway, since Berkshire Hathaway does own uh, a rail industry within their portfolio. But rail stocks could get hit hard. They could. This isn't financial advice, but they potentially could because if you're losing $2 billion a day in the rails, that means the rail companies are going to be losing a lot of money as well. I won't be delivering, to tell you that much. Or maybe it's just time that we get electric rails in the making of self-driving railroads. That would be very interesting to see. Elon, if you listen to this podcast, maybe that's something you can work on potentially going forward is a self-driving train. I'd make things a little bit interesting going forward. With that being said, fellow podcast listeners, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you had, please like and subscribe to this podcast as every like and subscription that we get can help grow this podcast so we'll be able to keep talking about events that are happening on Wall Street that Wall Street isn't always willing to talk about. Please also share with friends or family as they might be able to enjoy this podcast as well. And if they share with their friends or family, it will continue to grow this podcast. With that being said, fellow podcast listeners, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast today. Thank you and goodbye.